0: Hey guys, thanks for coming back. This is part two of feminine energy in Proverbs 31 woman, right? So where we left off yesterday was the part where the heart of her husband safely trusts her. Then the next part says, so he will have no lack of gain she does him good and not evil <laughs> there are so many instances right that i see i see wives doing so much harm to their husbands uh i've seen it in my family right uh and we don't that we do that but we do right any time that we're any time that you consider your husband to be the enemy you've already done him a disservice because he's not the enemy I'm not I don't want to get off topic too much, but I do have to say that your husband is not the man that simply ring on your finger. Sure that's what the Bible's saying about him, but that's not simply the man that puts a ring on your finger. Uh your husband Is the man that you are back in the day in the years BC, what men used to do was have sex with his new wife in his tent to quote unquote consecrate the marriage. So once you have reached the point of consecration, this, this is your man. This, this is, that's it. That's, that's what seals the marriage. See, saying, oh, well, I take this woman to be my wife. That was, that was never was what, what was sealing the marriage. What sealed the marriage was the sex. So if you are le- living in a legal union or you've been living with this man for umpteen years, then yeah, he's, that's your husband. Um, if he doesn't see you as his wife, that, now, that's a topic for a different, you know, time, but that's a problem, right? So, your husband will need to feel so safe with you because you do him good and you don't do evil things to him right? Evil things. Um, anytime that you do things with the intention to not sacrifice yourself for your husband. Listen, I know how hard it is to be in a marriage that the man is not sacrificing himself to you. But it's also really important to understand how a man sees sacrifice, right? Because A man, the testosterone hormone is the hormone that constantly communicates to a man's body to to provide and protect. Like I said in in part one, if this man is having a hard time protecting you because maybe his words are too harsh or he said something that, hurt your feelings, you have to understand that man, I don't want to get you upset. I don't. But that serpent going up. Oh Jesus. The serpent going up e, the the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, to speak to Eve, that was her brain. Why do you think the serpent went to speak to Eve and not to Adam? Adam would have been able to communicate with this, with the serpent, in a different way. Although, they were both primitive, right? They were both basically cave people. But Adam would have been able to speak to him in or or would have been able to communicate with him in a certain a different way. Because of the testosterone surging through Adam's body, right? So God told them not to eat the fruit. The problem was that the serpent immediately took Eve to hell. Yeah, they were in the garden, but he immediately took them to hell. Why? Because the mind is heaven and hell. Be transformed be renewed in the spirit of the mind, right? Ephesians 4.23. So if we're going to be renewed in the spirit of the mind, what is the spiritual realm? It is the realm of thoughts and imaginations, or else the Bible would not have said That we cast down imaginations that raise themselves above the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. It wouldn't have said that. That's why the spirit realm is the realm of thoughts and imaginations. What is an imagination? An imagination is the image of a spirit. That's it. And you have... A hundred billion currencies in your brain. You have a hundred billion um, neurons in your brain. That's the currents. That's the currencies in your brain. And by all of the information that your brain is constantly. Receiving those are either thoughts, imaginations that are good or thoughts and imaginations that are not so good, that they're not so hot. They're, they're horrible. Right. And this is what happens when a negative thought is on our minds. And so, what you would end up doing to your husband inevitably is you will have a negative thought on your mind of your husband and this will break, it will cause a shortage in the circuit. It will cause a a shortage in the electrical currents of your brain. It will stop the neurons from being able to fire and receive the neurotransmitters. And when the Bible says that in God was the light, in Christ was the light, and the light was, uh, and he was the light of men. He was the neurotransmitters of men. He is the currency that is running through your body. So, and through your brain. So the, problem is is when he talks about the kingdom of darkness we have to think of kingdom as in its translation the definition of kingdom means a state but when i started to study biology that's when i realized that biology was saying that the word kingdom was a scientific term right so now and i know that from the term kingdom of fungi. And the kingdom of fungi is the final state of decomposition before something turns completely into dust. To dust you come from, to dust you will return. That's because your body is consistently molding. Until mold takes grip of one part of your body. And there is no way to get around it because I research food and guys, there's mold in almost every single food. There is mold, less mold in other foods like, you know, green vegetables. Green vegetables are probably the best foods that you can eat. But there is mold in fish, there is mold in in meat, there is mold in fruit, anything with a large amounts of sugar, because sugar is the state before mold. Sugar is what causes foods to, it's the glucose, right? It's what causes food to mold. But what happens if you know, it's not so much the sugar, but it's the blood. Because usually, if the animal wasn't eating that healthy before you um, killed it, it doesn't matter whether it's eating healthy or not. The blood that is in the meat of the animal is filled with glucose. And enzymes kill uh, neurotransmitters. It's one of the causes for a neurotransmitter um, not to be able, for a neuron, neurons are the cells that fire and receive neurotransmitters. And it will completely block the, neurotran- the, the neurotransmitter from being able to be transmitted to another part another part of the body or to be received by another neuron. Now, here's the thing. I say all of that to go back to this. You have a responsibility to your husband not to listen to every crazy thought that pops up in your mind. Because if you don't, you will destroy your family. If you don't, you'll destroy your family and you'll destroy your children. And you will hurt your family and you will hurt your children. And your children are precious. The Bible says, do not withhold the children from me. There, and do you know what happens in a household where two parents are constantly fighting? It made my daughter suicidal. It made her suicidal to the point now where her, man, when her father and I started talking again to try to get back together, and to try to work it out. My daughter committed, she, sorry, she didn't commit. She attempted to commit suicide, and that was the worst attempt that we'd seen thus far. And she had to get over 100 stitches. That, including on her face. She cut her face like the Joker, although his was lipstick you get what i'm saying right and it was it was the effect of our fighting of how bad and how horrible the environment was when we lived with our father now there are other factors but there's the point that i'm trying to make is that it destroys our kids and no parent should ever have to bury their child. No parent should ever have to say goodbye to their child that way. It It is something that destroys a parent. That's, that's, um you know, getting over your husband dying is one thing. Getting over your child dying, that's a pain, right? And I don't I want to be very clear. I'm, I don't want to minimize um, the situation of a widow because a lot of the times, simply put, it is very hard being without your husband, especially if it wasn't his decision to want to leave you. Like, that's a different trauma all in its own. But to stay on topic, going to the next point. Now, all the days of her life, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Okay, so before we get into she also rises, she is a merchant. She has a store. She has a gift. We all have one. We all have a gift, whether it's cooking, whether it's sewing, whether it's braiding. There, God gave us gifts. And if you don't feel like you're a gifted person, comment. Leave me a comment. Let me know. I will help you. I will help you find your gift because everyone has one. The Bible says that the gift and the calling can never be withdrawn and gifts don't come always in singing and dancing. Gifts don't always come in drawing. They don't always come in cooking. They don't always, they come in different forms. Gifts are what you love so very much. And there is a call for you to do it. And that is what you're And if you're not operating in your gift, This is what's going to end up happening because the Proverbs 31 woman, feminine energy doesn't wait to be beautiful when the man shows up. Feminine energy is beautiful when the man shows up. She's operating in her gifts, she's operating in her calling. She's pursuing her dreams. She has her life mapped out. She has everything to the T of how she's supposed to be doing what she needs to do. Now, here's what I believe. And I'll leave a link in the comment area for you to have a free business plan. And map out your life. Habakkuk 2 and 2 says to write the vision and make it plain so whoever reads it runs to it. And this is the thing that whoever reads it runs to it. You have to understand that we're not just operating through um, this natural physical form. If the realm of thoughts and imaginations is what the spirit realm is, then you writing something because the Bible says that it is the good manner of kings to find. It is God's delight to show you what it is your purpose is, what you were created for, what you need to do. It is his but seek and you will find. okay? So, when you, as as a king, that the Bible calls you a king, right? Because kingdoms are states of mind. So, you as the king of your calling, of your gift, you have to declare and decree, and these are old, English, ancient, terminologies, um, but what you just need to know is that the decree is when you write it down, okay, because what a decree is, right, we think of divorce decrees, we think of, so that is a change in the law, okay, what a decree is, it's a, it's either a law, or a change in the law, right? Like um, when you were married, it was put into law. It was a recorded law. That's what a marriage certificate is. It is a recorded law that you are now legally married by the letter of the law. Now, when you decree something, you're either amending the law or it could either be an amendment or it can be a revision. And the thing is, is that when the decree is put out is what everyone has to follow. They don't have a choice. So I strongly suggest that you write down your vision for your life, for what it is, because that is how you heal your energy before he comes. If you're not already married, that and if you are already married and you're not operating in your gift, start. If you are not already married and you are single, ready to mingle, stop. Your biological clock is not ticking. This is something that God had to get on me the other day about. And I was like, oh, I'm running out of time. And he was like, there, there is no running out of time. There is the perfect time. It will come at an appointed time. And you will still be able to have all of the wonderful blessings that you want now. Even if you marry at a later date and you don't have kids yet. Like, this is a big thing. Don't jump into a a marriage that is going to take you away from your gifts and your call because that is a marriage that you will live in full of poverty. And one thing I know about poverty is that it will leave you mentally ill. Why? Because stress is what leaves you mentally ill. The response, the brain, the response of the brain to stress is the same as a traumatic brain injury. It's as if someone would have taken a bowling ball and hit you in the head with it. The effects of what the bowling ball does to the brain and what the emotional trauma does to the brain are one and the same. They're the same. And we have to be really careful how we allow ourselves to stress. If you're stressed out because of poverty, you have to do something about it. And getting a second job is not what I suggest you do. You have to start operating in your gifts. And I won't. I can't stay on that topic very long. But I do want to let you know that you do have to start operating in your gifts in order for you to be the virtuous woman. There is no feminine energy without you operating in your gifts, you will not be satisfied, you will not be happy because you are not doing what you love and you have to continuously and consistently be able to do with you, what you love in order to keep your brain sane because it's the right hemisphere that heals the brain. The right hemisphere is the one that's creative, that's uh, responsible for creative responses. It's responsible for the creative side of man. You have to operate from the right hemisphere of the brain in order for you to make it in heaven. Now, heaven is a state of mind. The kingdom of heaven is the state of heaven. And in order for you to allow to, to be the gate, for your children to make it into heaven, for your husband to make it into heaven. If you're not happy with you, no one's going to be happy with you because you're miserable. And you deserve better than that. You deserve better than being with a man and settling with a man for a man that is not going to be operating in your gifts. Your husband will fit you like a glove. And you are, are to be able to select this man you are to be able to say hey you know what my calling is to sing and one time i had a dream that i couldn't start um i couldn't start the it was a, like a crusade and i couldn't start singing until my husband got on stage now I was singing at an outside concert. That's, um, what a crusade is. I was singing at an outside concert and I was outside and I could, I couldn't see, uh, the grass. And there were people, seas of people, a sea of people that I could not see the grass no matter where I turned. And they were all there to hear me sing. Now, my people perish from a lack of knowledge but also my people perish from um not having a vision without a vision or a dream the people perish and if you're not a big dreamer there that's there's a fix to that you can fast you can unfog your cognitive brain and allow your brain to start showing you images that otherwise they it wouldn't be able to show you because there's just too much mold, um, in your brain. And so just fasting from meat, uh, fasting from sugars, uh, doing the Daniel fast is highly effective. And that's a fast where you're only able to eat fruits and vegetables. You're not allowed to eat delicacies. It's only a three week fast. He said it was a 21 day fast, a three week fast. And it's highly, highly effective because, um, And also praying, praying before you eat, praying three times a day, eating three times a day. Um, Also, anything that you don't find in the Bible, try to stay away from it. If your own thoughts are telling you, um, yeah, you should do this and you're going for it and then you're not checking to see what the Bible says about it, the Bible is Is universal law is gravitational law. What's happening? What's saying the what the things that are said in the Bible that will happen or will not happen? They're not a they're not to be mean. They're not to no. It's just it's fact. And the problem is is that we're not seeing these things, we're not perceiving these things, we're not able to discern from good and evil because we're not fasting. Now, once we fast, we're able to clear the cognitive brain and because that the Bible says in Hebrew 13 through 14 that if we're babes, we're still going to get the milk. But if we are um, those who are full grown, we'll get the meat who have by reason of use exercised their senses to discern good from evil. And if you. That Those instances where, you're fee- where you feel like you're fighting for your life fast, those are gifts. Count it all joy. Paul said that from prison. Count it all joy. And you'll be able to see how your life will start to turn. But in terms of your gifts, you have to operate in them. Because if you are not operating in your gifts, you are not operating your business. Say that again. If you're not operating in your gifts, see the term operating is a legal term. You have to operate in your gifts. Who is the chief operator? Who is the chief um? The CEO, right? No, that's the chief the chief executive officer. But then the C O O is the chief operating officer. Who is that? Where are you in your life with your gifts and your business? Because you are a walking, talking business. There is no reason why you should be in poverty and you cannot bring a man into a situation where you are fighting for your life. If you are, you can't, if, first of all, if you're fighting for your life and you feel like you know that you know that things seem like they're up in the air, a man is not going to fix that because you are operating in survival mode. This is the the basis for why you would need to operate in your gifts. If you are married or if you're not, it does not matter. You have to operate in your gifts because once you don't, the serpent spirit will be able to talk to you more. What is the serpent spirit? It is inside of your own brain. The back of your brain stem is called the reptilian brain. And when in the Garden of Eden, when the serpent went up the tree trunk, it was going up her, the spinal, her spinal cord. It was going up her, um, brain to this part of the brain that's called the amygdala. The amygdala is responsible for the fight or flight response. This part of the brain is also called the baby gate. This is literally the gate of hell. And once you decide to listen to your survival brain, listen to your primitive brain, you will be in lack. That's why in the scripture it says the heart of her husband safely trustes her because so he will have no lack of gain." But if you are living in lack, how are you supposed to provide lack, uh, no lack of gain for your husband? You're going to destroy your life with someone else's life and with the life of children. So now, moving on. Let's see. She also rises while it is yet night. And provides food for her husband. So, this is, again, gravitational law. Are you supposed to be staying up until um, 1, 2 o'clock midnight to work? No, you're not. Because, one, you're tired. Two, your brain is not the freshest. Your brain is actually in survival mode at that point. It's reached, it, you have put, you, anytime that you're in, in, under stress, you've put the brain in survival mode. So what you'll have to do is you will have to give your brain rest, go to sleep, rest up, get up in the morning you don't have to sleep eight hours. You can sleep up to six hours and still optimize at a really great level because on Sunday, you're going to be able to sleep in anyways. So you can rest and give um your children that piece of you that they deserve, right? Because you're amazing. You're an amazing mom. You're an amazing, if you have children, if you don't, but either way, you have to give your loved ones that piece of you that they deserve because your loved ones replenish you unless, you know, they're just unhealthy, then just stay away from them. But if they, like your mom, go say hi. If you're not saying hi to them, if it's an unhealthy environment, stay away. If it's a good environment, come close. You know, go say hi to your loved ones or go spend the time by yourself and and be next to water or go climb a mountain whatever you have to do in order for you to spend time in solitude or with someone else, right? You can be, you can spend time in solitude and meditate. If you're single, that's a perfect way to spend a Sunday. That's amazing because it's when you meditate that you're able to calm your rushing thoughts and you are, and you don't have to meditate. Um, in complete silence. You can meditate by simply not doing anything, by simply just being still, being calm, not working. That's a big thing, not working, going and taking your sketch pad out, painting, pottery, anything that's um, art related would be an amazing way. uh, If you want to write, Going right, that would be another amazing way. Anything that's cre- that's related to the arts. So now here's my favorite part, right? She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Oh yeah, so what does it mean by rising when it is yet night? At five o'clock the sun is coming up right 4:30 four o'clock that's a perfect time that's the Kobe time that that was the time where um, you know a lot of the greats were talking about they would get up to practice rise up do your thing work beat on your craft whatever it is that you would need to do to provide I want to point something else out provision doesn't come overnight and God is did not create heaven and hell and um, and the entire universe in six human days. Let me explain. The Bible says in the first day, God separated the, the day from the night and he named them and he created light and he saw that it was good and this marks the first day. There's another scripture in the Bible that says one day to God can be 10,000 years. Now, we know in physics, when it talks about the Big Bang Theory, that Big Bang Theory was when God said, let there be light. The thing is, is that science is uh, studying creation without knowing the creator. So they don't realize that when God said, let there be light, a Big Bang happened and now we have this super powerful, super um they say that there's a a laboratory here in New York, it's called the Brookhaven National Laboratory. In this laboratory, there is a 2.4 mile long heavy ion collider, and it's called the RIC for short, is the relativistic heavy ion collider and in the RIC they race particles ions at the speed of light and then in this 2.4 mile long tube until they clash so that they can see um, they can recreate instances of the big bang they said physicists in this laboratory said that it they thought it was a gas in the beginning the instances of the big bang and the light from the big bang because stars are gas but they said that it's not gas it's actually liquid what do we know about god he is the living water They also said that in this perfect liquid, which is extremely hot, what do we know him to be? A fire. So in this liquid, there is no viscosity. What does that mean? Viscosity is it does. It is not sticky. It's not gluey. It is just extremely fluid. Extremely hot, but extremely fluid. This light was a liquid. That is Bible. And all of science is explaining the creation of God, but it is missing who created it. None of it is lying. Everything is found in the Bible. It has Bible foundation in every piece of science that I've read. Down from accounting, to biology, to ecology, to neurology, to psychology. It is all God. It is all Bible. Now, I did run out of time for today, guys. But stay tuned for part three. Over and out.